What up, everybody? This is the Win Daily Show. I am Jason Mizrahi, CEO and founder, and I got my special guest. He goes by DFS Ghost. Nick, how are you doing tonight, man? Everything's going well, Jay. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. You see this shirt? I don't know if you can see the, the scared money never wins. It's actually a DraftKings shirt. Somewhere you can see DraftKings in there. Maybe not because my mic's blocking it. But, you know, we're DFS players. We're sports gamblers. We're degenerates. We're trying to win money. All day, every day, we play every sport out there, and we're here to help you make some money on WinDailySports.com. We've got a special promo going on right now that you can get our membership for $0.23. Cents. It's basically free. To be honest with you, Nick, I don't even know if you noticed it, but we took the $0.23 cents off. All you need to do is put your, your information in there, and you actually get a free month. So check us out, WinDailySports.com. Now, Nick, what we're about to do, we're going to talk about DraftKings and FanDuel and the NBA content that we got to produce in order to help us win a million dollars. That's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for is help people win the opportunity to be in contention for a million dollars. We've never had it before. We have it, you know, coming up this weekend with, with UFC or PGA, but I never had an opportunity to win a million dollars playing basketball. You know, we've never had it before. Now with COVID, this is one of the big positives. We have a chance to win back-to-back nights on FanDuel and DraftKings, a million dollars. So we're prepping. And never before have you had or have I had two weeks to prepare. You know, we're usually grinding every single night, and we got to focus going from one slate to the next slate to the next slate. But now we can actually focus in, and we got one week to prepare, two weeks to prepare, and try to break down this FanDuel slate. That's what we're going to do today. That's the first slate. It's Pelicans versus the Jazz, Lakers versus the Clippers. And there's a lot of things that we don't know at this point. We don't know, is Kawhi going to go out there and play a bunch of minutes or is going to play an average game, 20, 25 minutes? Is LeBron going to go out there and play 35 minutes? Same thing with, you know, Anthony Davis and the centers of Howard and, you know, JaVale McGee. And now we have a Rondo injury. So we're going to try to break down the Laker-Clipper game, break down the Pelicans game, and also get you caught up on some news. You know, one of the biggest breaking news that came out this week, Russell Westbrook has COVID. He's tested positive. He's staying back down. He's not going to the bubble. There was rumors Harden has it too, but we straw we saw Harden stroll into the bubble. So it looks like he's clear. Michael Beasley is kind of weird to me, man. Like you you got a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance. I don't even know how many chances this dude has, but he got a contract and then he tested, you know, like, if you get a contract to go back into the NBA, I'm hibernating. Like, I'm hibernating for my own well-being. Like, if I was Michael Beasley and you get a contract, why are you out there putting yourself in danger? And now his contract is null and void. So I don't know what to do with Beasley, man. He's probably – he's got a suspension. Now he's got COVID. He's pretty much off his Nets roster. If I was a free agent, I wouldn't go to the Nets because it looks like you're either going to get injured or get COVID. So what other news do you have to report – to kind of get us up to date with all the breaking NBA news. Um, yeah, you, you basically covered a lot of it. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure if we have the full story on Harden. It seems like there's something going on there. Um, other than that, I know that Harrison Barnes has also not traveled with the team. Uh, he does have uh, coronavirus, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more players uh, as the tests ramp up that they've either tested positive or they, uh, they come out and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm just not comfortable coming back there. Um, in terms of Harden, I, I honestly believe them when they say that he doesn't have it. I don't think uh, a commissioner of the stature like Adam Silver would 
would put his uh, his league's restart at risk by bringing in somebody that actually has uh, the coronavirus just because uh, for whatever reason, whether it's because he's a big name, he thinks he's going to draw some TV ratings, no matter what it be. I don't think Adam Silver is the, time, the, the type of commissioner or the type of person to actually bring in somebody into his bubble where they have tested positive and not only put his league, league's restart, but actually the health of all of his players as well in the process. So um, the one yeah, thing that I did risky. notice, <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing that I did notice is that Harden looks extremely out of shape in that picture that went viral when uh, he's coming off the bus and uh, heading into the bubble. I don't know what he's been doing during quarantine, but he's certainly not been on that uh, Nikola Jokic diet, that's for sure. Yeah, it's crazy, though, because I was talking about that on Sirius a couple a month or two ago. I was like, saying Harden's the type of guy that's probably lounging around. And then I was wrong because, like, a month ago, I saw him, like, climbing hills, sweating, <laughs> and, like, looked like he was in great shape. But, again, I saw that same video of him walking into the bubble. It looked like he had a little mini gut on there, um, more than a six-pack for sure. So we got to keep an eye on that, keep a high on more people dropping. We already got news that Gordon Hayward, Dennis Schroeder, if their wives have, you know, their child, they're, they're pretty close to, you know, uh, you know, giving birth. They're going to hop out of the bubble. If they hop out of the bubble, what does that mean? Do they have to quarantine for 14 days? Line movement is going to be crazy. You know, one of the lines that you brought up in, I think, the series show this past weekend was to bet the mask because you heard rumors potentially about either Harden or Westbrook. Hopefully you locked it in. You know, if you hear any rumors at this point and you think there's potential that this guy may be out or this other superstar may be out, that's when you want to attack those lines. You can always hedge it later, but if you've got a good take and you've seen some rumors or you see a guy not flying down to Orlando, this would be the good time to get in there and, you know, make a better two. But let's start talking about this slate. This is the main slate. This is the first slate that we have pricing for. DraftKings has still not released pricing. They're holding out, which I guess is kind of smart. You know, they're they're filling the contest. I'm sure they'll finish and, and you know, have a full contest. They're not going to lose money on opening night. Uh, I think they're doing a good thing just trying to get pricing right because if they don't get pricing right, it's going to screw everything up um, and it's going to be too much ownership on a certain player. And with a two-game slate, you know, that really could mess things up. But FanDuel does have pricing out. So, Ghost, let's break it down. There's two games. How are you attacking these games from a research perspective? You know, what are you looking at first when you're starting to craft the lineups, when you're looking at the Pelicans versus the Jazz and the Clippers versus the Lakers? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the most important thing for me in terms of uh, the beginning of my research process uh, for any given slate is is the game environment. Um, while player statistics are good, uh, we're going to dive into that in a little bit, but there's only so much that you could do when a player is not in the right game environment. So I take all the players out of the, uh, out of the equation. I just take a look at the games from an unbiased perspective, whether that's uh, history going back X amount of years or just focusing on this season, uh, taking a look at over-unders, taking a look at where the teams rank in pace, so uh, how fast they play up and down the court, the number of possessions that they're going to have, so again, that directly uh, correlates with the uh, team's pace ranking. The more times they're going to touch the ball, the more points that they're going to put up. So the most important thing for me, especially on a two-game slate, is which game that I would like to stack, meaning uh, which game I want to have the most exposure to. And by doing that, you definitely need a careful analysis of the game environment. Yeah, typically we have a seven-game slate, an eight-game slate. With this two-game slate, you want to get different. You want to be creative. 
because there's only a certain amount of combinations that you can actually put out there if it's two games. You know, there's four teams. You know, you're going to have heavy ownership on LeBron, heavy ownership on Kawhi, Paul George, all these high high price guys because there's only you know four guys that are expensive really with LeBron, Kawhi. Paul George and Anthony Davis. All the rest of the players are very affordable. Zion is way too affordable. He's going to be heavily owned. And, you know, when it comes down to it, the team that's going to be ahead of the pack, if somebody wins, you know, and doesn't tie with the rest of the, you know, rest of the field, it's going to be a guy who has 5% ownership or 10% ownership or less at two or three different positions. And a, and a good spot to start off in is the point guard position on Fando because I think there's a couple plays – and do we know about Rondo yet? Is it confirmed how long he's going to be out? You know, it looked like it was a serious injury. Have you had any updates there? Uh, yeah, it has been confirmed that he's uh, he's out for at least six to eight weeks. So uh, not only for this late, but probably for the remaining uh, remainder of the playoffs, it doesn't look like we're going to see a playoff for John Rondo for that Lakers squad. Yeah, so now there's a lot of question marks. So it takes one guy out of the field, which – you know, lowers the player pool that we can actually pick from. But at the same time, it opens up a lot of questions. The Lakers weren't playing with a true point guard because they were playing with LeBron this entire season, pretty much him running point and, you know, a combination of other players kind of filling in the role like an Alex Caruso type. What do you think the ownership is going to come up with Caruso at this point? If Rondo's out, Caruso probably doesn't start the game, but you feel like he's going to be, you know, a big role player in this game, getting 20, 25 minutes. His game is somewhat meaningless like it really doesn't affect things for the lakers they're gonna get the one seed most likely the clippers are locked in for the two seed as well so do you think the lakers are gonna try to roll out cruiser or they're gonna try to play around with one of their two guards you know on paper and have them run point what do you think is gonna happen here um i i really do see Crusoe getting uh, a large uptick in minutes uh not only just like like what you said whether lebron plays a full 36 plus or not but um also to see what the Clippers are doing on the flip side. I mean, uh, if you take a look at Doc Rivers and all the interviews that uh, the media are pretty much scolding him about how much he's going to play guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, he pretty much said, uh, and I quote here, I don't know yet, but no limits. Kawhi is healthy for the most part, but that still doesn't mean that we don't want to maintain him and get him through the first eight games and be ready for playoffs. We definitely want to be smart about this. So... If Kawhi's not playing a full 36, is LeBron going to play a full 36? Do the Lakers, I don't want to say that they don't care about this game. I mean, these guys are professional athletes. Uh, where even if it's a, a, a preseason game against a, a D3 college basketball team, they're going to go out and want to win the game. But that being said, if Kawhi doesn't play a full 36, it'll definitely affect the Lakers' rotation. And uh, that just reinforces the fact that I do think that Alex Caruso will see uh, a ton of minutes at the one and probably be the primary ball handler when uh, LeBron James is off the court. Yeah, I think, you know, if I had to make a make a stand right now, I think Kawhi would be the first man that they were going to limit. Paul George, they'd probably limit. The Lakers, you know, for the most part, they're not going to be playing with a deep team throughout the entire playoffs. I do think Adam Silver spoke to both Doc Rivers and LeBron and the Lakers and the Clippers, and they kind of said, Hey, this is the first game back. We'll give you the first game, but you got to show up and you got to play and you got to play hard and you got to play full minutes. It's got to be a competitive game. We can't have people coming out of the game too early. Kawhi might get a pass. Paul George might get a pass. Anthony Davis might even get a pass. I can see, you know, the Lakers running out 
because they have a lot of big men. They got Howard. They got McGee. They got Anthony Davis. So they might share minutes between those three. But I think LeBron plays, you know, a pretty full game here because he wants to, you know, pass the torch first game back. I see him going out there and being pretty safe as far as minutes go. I think Kawhi's a little sketchy because the Clippers are so deep. That's why I think the Clippers are the best team in the league right now because, you know, one through ten, they can beat anybody. They're not just playing five guys, six guys, seven guys. You know, sometimes I'm like, why don't I get Montrez Harrell more minutes? Why don't I get Lou Williams more minutes? Now they got Reggie Jackson. Now they got a Morris twin. They have so many weapons off this bench that they're going to be really tough to beat. I think they can play deep. I think they can play competitive and still only have to give Kawhi 25 minutes. You know, Paul George maybe closer to 30 minutes. You know, but in regards to this game, I think Caruso becomes super interesting, you know, at point guard at minimum salary at 3500 He's probably going to be the highest owned player of the slate. Do you see anybody coming above him at this point with Rajon Rondo out? Even if they don't announce, I hope they don't announce Caruso as a starter because if he's starting at 3,500 minimum salary, he's probably going to be 55, 60% owned on a two game slate. I can't see anybody else being higher owned than him. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I don't want to speak uh, on behalf of DraftKings just because it, it it's kind of tough to get. A projection on ownership without those prices that are out exactly like what you were saying and i do think that they're going to try and get it right uh by the time they release pricing there's pretty much no going back there so if they release lebron at uh at 9.5k 10k pretty much under his average season uh, tag and then ad decides hey i'm not playing the first game they're gonna regret that and probably would have liked to, uh, to price him up to to not shift the ownership so um in terms of FanDuel though the one guy or two guys that I could see garnering more ownership than Alex Caruso are Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson. Um, not only do they have that name factor, I mean, you're going to get uh, the public that's going to be on the Paul Georges, the Kawhi Leonard's, the LeBron James's, uh, the Anthony Davis's. They're going to flock towards the big names, guys that they know, guys that they're comfortable with. And especially on that power forward position on FanDuel, it's really tough to... Uh, to have extreme confidence clicking that that plus button and putting anybody else in your lineup other than AD and Zion and at least feeling extremely confident about it. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Alex Caruso have a ton of ownership, um, especially if he gets announced as a starter, like, like you said. But right now I'm thinking uh, AD and Zion are probably going to be the, the number one and two in terms of ownership on that slate. Yeah, you're right, man. Because power forward, it, it's a it's a major drop off, and from a from a raw point standpoint, a two game slate, you need those points. And from the power forward position, if you're not going to Anthony Davis or Zion, I think it's almost impossible to build a lineup without at least one of those guys. So they're going to be probably 50 percent owned each, if not more. You know, probably closer to 60, 70 percent. You know, especially going to get up there outside of the million maker, and you're going to go into these you know, bigger tournaments, a, a monster or, or one of the higher price tournaments on Fando, they're going to be super high on Zion is way too cheap at 7,100. And same thing with Anthony Davis, man, this guy's going to go out there. If he's going to get a full complement of minutes, he can hit value in the first half. Um, if he's ready to go, and especially with blocks and steals and the bonuses you get on, on Fando, you're, you're completely right. If you want to get away from the pack, I don't even know if it's physically possible unless you're leaving like five, ten thousand dollars of salary, <laughs> how you can come off these two guys. Um, because maybe Kyle Kuzma, you know, maybe a sneaky lineup would be a Kuzma build with Anthony Davis or 
you know, if there's any way you can maybe play Kuzma, Royce O'Neal, and just, you know, playing, it would force you to play guys like Rudy Gobert. It would force you to play up and, and go with, you know, Drew Holiday and, say, Paul George, who might be a little bit under-owned. But I love Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk about him a little bit a little bit later. But, you know, you're, you're right, though. On ownership, it's probably going to be LeBron following, you know, I would say, LeBron's going to be number three or number four because people are going to want to play him and you got to pay up at small forward anyways. But yeah, Anthony Davis and, you know, um, Zion Williamson is going to be highly owned, especially if Caruso ends up starting. That's, that's a spot, but in my early builds, the one guy I keep on locking that I think, you know, is playing in the up pace for himself is Donovan Mitchell, you know, with Bogdanovich out, Mitchell pretty much had the ball all day, every day in that lineup. He's out there. He's the young stud on that team. He's the high-usage guy. I think Donovan Mitchell is a great play at 7,200. How are you rating Mitchell versus Paul George? Because, you know, from a GPP perspective, Paul George would probably come under uh, Mitchell as far as ownership, but they're both the same price. They're both really cheap. And then you got Drew Holiday in there too. But talk about those three guys and how you're kind of leaning one way or another. Um, for me right now, I mean, uh, we're, we're still two weeks out, so obviously things might change, but, uh, right now I have Donovan Mitchell ranked number one in that group, uh, followed by Drew Holiday and Paul George coming in at number three. Um, the reason being is just because I absolutely love to get as much exposure as I can to this first game. Um, the public are going to most likely flock towards the battle of LA. Uh, you got the bigger names there, AD, Paul George, uh, Kawhi, LeBron, all playing in the same game. Uh, LeBron's the face of the NBA and one of the biggest faces in sports at the time being right now. So um, a lot of people are going to go with what they're comfortable with. And if you really want to take down a Millie maker, you have to you have to know where the ownership lies and what the field is doing and how exactly do you gain an edge on that. And for me, it's exactly like what you said, Jay. It's uh, at the shooting guard position, Donovan Mitchell at 7,200 makes for one of uh, one of the best plays on the slate, in my opinion. Um, the the Pels and Jazz game is uh, on paper a tough one to kind of get a read on. Um, the Pels rank second in the NBA in pace, meaning they play at the second fastest pace there. Uh, meanwhile, the Jazz are notoriously known for slowing down the pace uh, in their franchise's history, and especially now with Mike Conley there, he brings that that veteran leadership uh, at the point guard position. So. You're kind of thinking, all right, do these young Pelicans push the pace? It's their first playoff appearance. They're going to want to go out and, and show to the world that, hey, the Lakers shouldn't have even traded us. Maybe we battle to get that eight seed and upset them in the first round. Um, or on the flip side, you say, hey, do does Mike Conley pretty much not necessarily take over this game from a points, assists, rebounding perspective, but more from a locker room perspective and on the court, that veteran presence that he brings Will he slow down the game? And uh, my answer to that is no. Um, the four games that these teams have played this season, these totals are um, absolutely ridiculous, if I could put it lightly. Um, 255, 248, 254, and the last game came in at 270. So when we're talking about team total points, I mean, right now I, some books have the overrun of this game between 220, 221, 222. I would absolutely uh, smash the over there and and really look for the Pelicans to push the pace here. And that that fits right into Donovan Mitchell's game. Uh, he's a guy that likes to run up and down the court, 
he can not only shoot the mid-range, but he can drive the basket and drive it really well. So he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting. And just for ownership purposes right now, Drew Holiday is a guy that really entices me. Um, he kind of gets some mixed reviews in terms of his guarding uh, skills in the NBA over the past couple seasons. Some people view him as an elite defender. Some people are like, hey, DVP-wise for DFS, Pelicans are pretty bad versus the two-guard. Ultimately means Drew Holiday is a bad defender, which is not necessarily true. But again, he, he definitely is exposable here. And he's a guy that being at 8,300 and, and not only the most expensive shooting guard, but one of the more expensive plays on the slate, uh, I, I don't typically see Drew Holiday getting that much ownership. I feel like more people are going to play Paul George, not only because of that name recognition, but they're also saving uh, just under $1,000 there. So Drew Holiday's in another pace-up spot. He's a guy that can knock down the three. He's a guy that can shoot the basket and definitely rock up some steals as well, uh, which Fondle gives us a huge bonus compared to uh, to DraftKings, albeit being only one extra point, but every point counts in the millimeters. Yeah, with Drew Holiday, like I built four or five mocks so far. He hasn't been in one of mine. So if people build similar to me, he's going to be the lowest owned Pelican probably. You know, obviously, if you go deep, I mean, talking about your starting lineup, I have more lineups currently with Derek Favors in there than I do Drew Holiday. So I think you're completely, you nailed it in that aspect. If you want to play the ownership game, Drew Holiday will be one of the lower owned Pelicans, one of the lower owned shooting guards. The shooting guard, I think, is sneaky. I don't know how sneaky he is, but I think playing him with Donovan Mitchell is somewhat sneaky as Jordan Clarkson. He's 4,300, you know, with Bogdanovich out, he might finish the game. He might get 30 minutes. His usage is going to be pretty high with that second unit. So Clarkson's a guy that I really like. And then from a small forward position, I also like Ingles. Joe Ingles, you know, it's going to kind of, you know, run a little bit of the point guard position, have the ball in his hand. He plays good defense. And the Pelicans, like you said, they're running gun. It's going to be a street ball game. They're going to be flying up and down the court, which means steals potentially for Utah, which means extra possessions for Utah. So I like the fact of stacking Utah and running it back with either Zion and Derek Favors or Zion with Ingram or Zion with Drew Holiday. Holiday is the odd man out for me, but from a from an ownership perspective, I think he's really interesting. I think Derek Favors is interesting. I think from ownership as well, I don't personally know what to do with Rudy Gobert. You know, I don't know how motivated he is to come down after he kind of stopped the NBA, um, even though it wasn't his fault. He was the first, you know, NBA player with COVID, and that game kind of got shut down because, you know, he, he was found negative. I don't know how he comes into this game. Does he have a chip on his shoulder? You know, does he come up big in this game? Does he have something to prove in this game? Either way you look at it, at this point in time, I think he's going to be one of the lower-owned centers. There's nobody really that's so sexy at center, like, oh, I got to have this guy. So I think it's going to be a very split ownership as far as center goes. You have Gobert, 8,200, which, you know, when lineups have extra, you know, salary left over and that center, spent, center spot hasn't been filled out, you got to almost – Auto play Rudy Gobert if you're if you're stuck with nine thousand dollars left and you're building you know the rest of your lineup and you get stuck at Gobert at eighty two hundred. I think one of the best values is Derek Favors at fifty four hundred. I don't see a way he doesn't get you know twenty five thirty points at the center position. He got a little bit of a revenge factor. He used to play for Utah, um, so in the last couple of games he's played against them, he's done well as well. 
Because I think Derek Favors is is kind of you know in a good spot there. Montrez in a good spot. The question I want to ask you is a tricky question. The question I haven't figured out yet. Zubak, McGee, Dwight Howard. How do you feel about these cheap centers? One of these guys are going to go off. You know, whichever one gets 25 plus minutes at $3,900 for Howard, 44 for McGee, 4,500 for Zubak. Whoever gets 25 minutes will smash value here. But they none of these guys consistently get those minutes. Do you feel safe with any of these dudes? Um, do I feel safe? Uh, to 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 put it uh, lightly, the answer would be no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, in terms of Dwight Howard versus McGee, you just pretty much never know what you what you're gonna get. Um, these guys have played the Clippers three times this season, and uh, these stat lines are um, interesting to say the least. I mean, you take a look at McGee; he dropped uh, five points, three rebounds, twelve minutes. Two points, three rebounds, five blocks, and fifteen minutes. Four points, two rebounds, seventeen minutes. I mean. Uh, Dwight Howard has very similar stat lines and an even less amount of time played. Um, the key there is, will these guys get minutes? Um, I'm more inclined to think that uh, JaVale McGee actually surprisingly sees a, a bit more than Dwight here. Um, that being said, because of the bubble aspect and because of the world that we're living in right now, um, <clears throat> Dwight Howard has expressed concerns over his health, the health of his family and whatnot. So um it, it's definitely going to take a bit of time for him to adjust and uh especially when you're nervous uh you're nervous in a in, in a big game uh, as an athlete I, I feel like you kind of turn to the crowd you turn to your teammates and it just kind of gets you really pumped and with no fans that are there right now uh, Dwight Howard's uh, relying on his teammates to kind of keep his spirits uplifted and and being the first game back I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh kind of in that in, in, in two out of three Clippers games where he saw seven and 12 minutes respectively. So I feel like he could be there. And the big X factor for me here in, uh, in JaVale McGee's projected points is the amount of blocks that he's going to get. Um, this is a guy that can not only defend the paint surprisingly well, um, he's, he's actually really good at getting some blocks in, in, uh, in succession, meaning that yes, he may give up the offensive rebound to a guy like Kawhi Leonard to a guy like Paul George, if he's uh, getting close to the basket, maybe even Montrezl, maybe Zubak. But the thing is, is that he jumps right back up there, guards the rim again, and gets two, three blocks in a row from what I could see uh, from their game film all season long. So um, in terms of ranking them, I, I'd probably go McGee over Howard. Um, for the Clippers, uh, these guys play the Lakers nearly identical the, the, every single time that they have played them this season. Um, Zubak starts every time. There's no surprise uh, there. He comes in, he usually plays between, as long as he doesn't get into foul trouble, uh, that is, he usually plays between six to eight minutes in the first quarter. And then he he really absolutely dies off, I guess you could say. Um, he's a guy that sees a uh, low amount of minutes, but is efficient in that time. And the key thing for me in NBA DFS is, how does me picking that player affect the rest of my lineup? Do I get to pay up for a guy like Kawhi, like Paul George, like AD? Um, if I play a guy like Zubak, like Favors, like McGee, like Howard, instead of paying up for Gobert or Montrezl Harrell, right? So I'm definitely going to have some interest in McGee and uh, and Howard is good for your MME builds. Um, those that are entering, uh, you know, multiple lineups in the Millie Maker into some other contests that have yet to come out. I'm definitely not opposed to having some Howard exposure, um, but I would lead McGee there. 
And then uh, in terms of Zubak and Harrell, for me, it's it, it's clear cut. I'll take Montrezl all day long here. Um, they play small ball versus the Lakers, and he's a guy that's going to run up and down the court, see his matchup versus AD is very tough. But that being said, hey, if he could get him into some foul trouble, get a little time with Lou Will, run the pick and roll off the off the bench where it's uh, those two guys going to work on their own without Kawhi or Paul George on the floor, I could definitely see Montrezl Harrell being uh, the highest point producing center on the slate. Yeah, with me, I'm going to – I'm going to enter Max enter, you know, probably on FanDuel. I don't know if I'm going to do both FanDuel and DraftKings, but I think the best approach, if you're max entering, is getting shares, even of Gobert, Favors, Montrez, Zubak, Howard McGee, and I think you have to have a couple shares of Tony Bradley. You know, with Bogdanovich out, with the Pelicans playing kind of big, you know, with Zion, um, Gobert can get in foul trouble. Favors is tough. You know, there's there's foul trouble. They have to play big. You know, I can see maybe Bradley pe- playing a little bit of power forward as well. You know, they might run Gobert and Bradley out together sometimes. So I think I want almost, I wouldn't say equal. You know, I have Favors probably as the safest play. Gobert with those lineups I'll have extra cash on. I'm going to have to go in there and, and get some shares of him. So I want to sprinkle in a little bit of everything. Because center, I think, is the most wild card position on the slate because there's no smash spot. There's no Embiid here in a good matchup. There's no, you know, uh, whoever it is, you know, there's really no smash guy. At power forward, we, we talked about it. Zion Williams and Anthony Davis. You're going to want a lot of shares of those and sprinkle in some Royce O'Neal and Kyle Kuzma. At small forward, it's Kawhi, it's LeBron, obviously. I'm probably going to have more shares of Ingles and Brandon Ingram just to be different at that spot. I will have more LeBron than Kawhi, though, even though Kawhi is 2K cheaper. I'm a little bit more worried about minutes there at shooting guard. I think it's Paul George for, like, sneaky ownership. And you you nailed it. Drew Holiday is going to be the lowest owned, but I think he's a little bit too expensive, so... I'll have maybe 5%, 10% just to get those shares in. But I love Mitchell. I love Clarkson. And we haven't really talked about KCP. He might be that starter. You know, Danny Green is going to start. He gets no respect. Nobody ever plays him. And he has big games every once in a while. He'll go out there, get you three steals, hit three threes. Probably rather play him on DraftKings. But KCP, Danny Green, you know, you got to get a couple shares there. Josh Hart, maybe a couple shares. Lou Williams. 4,900, you know, they're almost enticing you to take Lou Williams there. You know, and at point guard, I think it's Caruso coming heavily owned. Conley's going to be second in command, heavily owned. Lonzo Ball, not a big fan of that price, 7,900. He's got to do a lot to get there. Patrick Beverly, too cheap at 4,600. One last question I want to ask you from Utah. Who do you think steps up on Utah outside of the the starting five that you think can have a, a role off the bench? Don't give it an easy answer, Jordan Clarkson. Is there anybody else here that you think, you know, maybe a Moutier, maybe your Bradley? Who's the guy off the bench for Utah is going to do some damage? Um, look, uh, like you said, the the best answer that I could give would be whoever is that sixth man off the bench in terms of Jordan Clarkson uh, and Joe Ingles. But that being said, uh, the it's a two-game slate. We have to get creative, and I'm definitely not opposed to having some uh, – some Tony Bradley in my lineups. We saw that not only was, uh, I don't want to say Rudy Gobert was solely responsible for shutting down uh, the entire league, but 
Man, you take a look at that clip uh, now, who knows how many months later that we are, where he's touching all the microphones and touching Donovan Mitchell stuff in, uh, in his locker room. And I can't imagine what the guy's feeling when he's, uh, when he's playing that tape over and over again in his head. So, look, uh, we got to wonder, do, does Donovan Mitchell kind of dictate going to a coach's room and be like, hey, when I'm on the court, you know, right now, I feel like I got to do my thing. I'd rather be out there with Tony Bradley. Just give me a guy that could rebound for whatever shot that I miss and just kick it back out to me and just get me a guy that stands in the paint. You know what I mean? So, I mean. Interesting there... point. You think <laughs> we talk about revenge factor, like, you know, Derek Favors has a revenge game against Utah. Does Rudy Gobert have a re- revenge game against himself? Like, is he going to come in with that chip on his shoulder? Like, yo, I shut down the NBA, quote-unquote, I got to come out there and show up. It's funny that he gets the first game back. You know, like he he had the last game that never played out, and he's got the first game back. So I think it's kind of weird that Utah, I haven't thought about that, but maybe they come in with a chip on their shoulder. They surprise some people, and they're like, yo, Mitchell comes out, shows up, and Gobert, who's not the sexiest guy to play in the NBA, he's so much bigger than everybody, but he does nothing on the court. There's been numerous times I've I've started him. He scored zero points the entire game. I don't even know how it's physically possible <laughs> to be like a seven footer, be out there for 35 minutes and never score a point. And he's just grabbing rebounds and, and that's about it. But Gobert does have like one out of every 10, 15 games, those smash spot games where he does get three or four blocks or five blocks, a couple of steals, and puts up a 20 and 10 game. So Gobert can be kind of sneaky. Let me ask you one last question before we head out of here. Who do you think the guy that's going to be on the Million Maker lineup? Who's that one dude that you think kind of sets the teams apart? Oof. So uh, we discussed it on Sirius, and uh, I'm sticking to my guns here uh, after even more research uh, during the week. I mean, the uh, the most confident answer that I could give, would, especially for Fandle, would be Anthony Davis, uh, simply because of how, how thin the, the power forward position is. But if, if I'm going a little bit more uh, out on a limb and – and not just taking the surefire bet at the power forward position in Zion or uh, AD. I'm going to say Brandon Ingram. Um, he's a guy that people kind of forget what uh, what what Brandon Ingram was doing in this league uh, before it shut down. And uh, the, the length that this guy has on the court and the ability to nail down jump shots, uh, nail down the three, drive the basket and, and, and dunk over guys like Rudy Gobert simply because of how long he is. I'm expecting really big things from uh, from Brandon Ingram in his first game. And right now I have him slotted in my main lineup with uh, with extreme confidence. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jordan Clarkson. If I had to name somebody right now, I think it's Clarkson. I think he's the guy off the bench that's going to have to – he's going to have to score points if they're going to keep up with, with New Orleans here. And, you know, there's, there's a possibility that one of these games blows out. You know, one of these bench guys – that's why you have to build different for a million maker. You're not really trying to double up. You're not trying to win $8 on your $4 contest. If, if that's the case, you should enter a double up or a heads up for five bucks. You're not, yeah. you're not trying to do that with a million maker. So you got to play some game theory out. You got to say, okay, if it's a blowout in this Utah game, who's going to score this point? It could be a Pelicans guy because maybe they're going to rest Zion in the fourth quarter because they're up 15 or 20. And then there's somebody off the bench like uh, Nicole Melli or you know one of these guys that just – you know, goes off for seven or eight minutes at the end of the game when it's meaningless. Same thing as Lakers, you know, Clippers game. LeBron can come out there. LeBron and AD just smash the Clippers, and they're down 20, and the Clippers aren't playing for much, and it could be some guy on the Lakers bench or the Clippers bench or Kyle Kuzma type, you know. So you got to be different. You got to attack this million maker. Look, you know, 
two weeks in a row, somebody entered, you know, the PGA Million Maker and binked it with one entry. I think, you know, with NBA, it's not going to be someone with one entry unless it's a massive tie. So you're going to have to enter some multiple entries, be different, have game theory on your side to kind of figure out ways on how to be different. And we have a couple more weeks to kind of prep for it, read reports from the beat reporters, watch practices, try to get some insight on who the Lakers are going to start. You know, who's getting the minutes is, is these key players going to get a full run. So make sure you check out, you know, myself and Ghost at WindDailySports.com. Ton of our content for free. Hop in our Discord. Basically, we're everywhere you want to be. On Twitter, hit us up at WindDailySports. If you have any questions last minute, you want to build your lineup, we're always answering questions on Twitter. Hit us up in our Discord. Hop on WindDailySports.com. All you need is an email address, and you'll get – you know, all access to all Knicks articles, everybody's articles. We have 20, 35 different writers covering NBA, PGA, NASCAR, MLB, every sport out there, esports, LOL, CSGO. So we wish everybody good luck. We'll be back next week. We'll be back tomorrow doing another live stream as well, covering some, I don't even know what CEO wants to cover tomorrow, but we'll be covering some NASCAR, some PGA and stuff like that. So wish everybody a good night and we'll be back tomorrow.